my faith in humanity has been so restored by watching these kids and the people involved with them just all come together to make things work. They're doing this for the kids. This is Growing in Place, a show about food and resilience in rural Indiana. I'm Violet Barron. Uh, my name is Taylor Ferguson. Uh, I'm the ag teacher at Edgewood High School and Edgewood Junior High School, and I'm also a volunteer with Monroe County 4-H. We met at Taylor's farm just outside Bloomington, where she raises cattle to sell to farm kids for 4-H projects and steers to sell for meat. The oldest of five sisters, Taylor grew up around farming. She was a 4-H kid herself for over 10 years, and it's still a big part of her family. Her sisters still raise animals and show them at county fairs. Now, she's an ag teacher at Edgewood High School in Ellettsville, Indiana, and she volunteer leads the beef club for the Monroe County 4-H. My husband and I raise, raise cattle. Um, we try to sell mostly to like 4-H'ers as 4-H projects, and we do sell some steers to be feeder steers, but his dad also has a herd, so kind of, that's what we enjoy. When the shutdown orders came to Indiana in late March, everybody had to move fast to bring the club online. 4-H meetings are usually a mix of agricultural training, like how to tag a calf or tie a halter, and service like bell ringing for the Salvation Army. A big part of the club is about learning to work together with your animal. The culmination of all this training is the annual state fair in Indianapolis, which brings together kids from all across the state to compete at raising and training their animals. But since the in-person fair was canceled this year, things are looking pretty different. Taylor says farm skills are still important, but it's been up to the kids how much they want to put into it this summer. That goes for things like halter-breaking cattle. That's a big one for 4-H. Like a calf out in the pasture is not just going to come up to you and let you put a halter on them to lead them around. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to halter break the calf. My process of halter breaking is different than other people, but normally I catch them somewhere in a chute or behind a gate and I get a halter on them. I tie them up. You know, usually that's a, that's kind of a, fight situation because the calf doesn't understand why it's on its face, why it's being tied. Yeah. And so it's a process of getting them to calm down and be okay with you combing them and brushing them and washing them and walking them. And so, yeah, it's not you a know, natural thing. it's yeah. not, no, no, it's not natural. So, you know, and that can take a while and I don't blame kids for thinking, why am I going to go out and spend months doing this to not be able to even go do anything with this animal? You know, I think that's been some of the tough thing with kids is like, oh, now we're having a kind of fair and now I've got to break this animal that's three times bigger than it was right. when I brought it in. And so, so yeah, kids always have the option to fit their calf. I think of it kind of like a beauty pageant. So their legs and their tail head, which is kind of like where their tail hair like comes to a point kind of there on the end, can be basically hairsprayed and painted okay. to stand up and create these lines that we look for in confirmation in cattle. So they can be fit. Yeah. It takes a while. It takes um, a certain set of skills that some people don't have. Um, I'm thankful that my family does have those skills because I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, but yeah, and so it does involve painting and adhesive and clipping and getting them all ready to go. And that can take a while. And some people don't want to do it just to walk out into their yard. Right. Um, but at the fair, I'd say about... Oh, probably 50 to 75% of our members fit their animals. Mm -hmm. 
for the fair and some don't you know and that's fine but that's kind of like the show process of getting them ready yeah this year there's the option to submit videos of their animals to the fair for judgment on a virtual stage that's a tough call for some kids given all that goes into training an animal and getting it ready for the show taylor says she's impressed with how everybody handled the switch to virtual especially in her school community. Our school corporation, I think, did a really, really good job of just jumping headfirst into it, getting stuff ready to go, just doing as much as they possibly could, being extremely flexible. I was just so proud at what a short time we were given, how much everybody, I mean, we were just like shooting emails back and forth. You know, I talked to so-and-so, she has internet, she does it. I mean, we had two days. And we were at that point, we're told, be ready for two weeks not for the remainder of school, you know? But they were so open with kids, with parents. It was no secret. Like, it was just like, we don't know what we're gonna have to do, but here's the kind of sort of plan. They did really good about meeting with us on Zoom, like once a week to check in with us. Our administrators were awesome about, you know, just do what you can, get what you can. But we tried to keep kids accountable, in school, doing things. And I watched kids just deal with it, you know? Seniors were given a a, a tough deck. Um, they, you know, they didn't get prom, they didn't get graduation. I mean, they got a sort of graduation, but not really, you know, they didn't get to have their graduation parties when they wanted. Now my 4-H kids aren't getting to show. My FFA members didn't get a banquet, you know, and it was hard, but I, if ever, I never heard a kid complain. You know, I never heard a kid say, you know, oh, why me? You know, it's just like they, they just dealt with it. And I think it's gonna make them extremely flexible and resilient young adults and prepared to deal with just about anything. At 4-H, everyone thought of creative ways to keep things going. We tried to still do the educational portion by like asking kids to send in a video of like their number one tip for starting a beef project or you know their number one showmanship tip or um, we did kind of a fun one. Uh, some of the trends with the during the coronavirus, people have done like fun videos where they're passing one thing from one scene to the next, and so we oh, did. I saw that. Yeah, yeah we fun. we did one called "Stick It to COVID," so they would get the show stick, which is the item they use to scratch the calf's belly and keep them calm. It would get thrown into the scene. They would scratch their calf and they'd throw it out. So then it looked like you were throwing your show stick from one member to the next. So we've done some fun things. And then I create it into a video and I send it out on our listserv. Um, I give an optional live Zoom time to talk to any of because there's two other leaders with me. If they had questions and things like that, you know, if an animal can't be halter broke or an animal you know sadly passes away and they want to complete the project they have to create an educational poster it could be on breeds or diseases or how to's or meat cuts you know whatever they wanted but that would complete their project mm-hmm. um, so that's an option we also gave a showmanship video option where they would just introduce themselves and their calf um, and they would need to answer a couple questions that would normally be asked during showmanship normally a lot of the times the judges will ask questions like what do you like about your animal? What would you change about your animal? And I think those questions are important because kids need to be able to evaluate their project critically. It's super important when you're going to pick out a project. You know, you need to be able to say, okay, what do I like about this calf? What do I not? You know, if you have access to unlimited funds and every calf in the world, you still need to be able to pick out the right one. Or if you just have access to your grandpa's herd and you've got five in your backyard and you're going to pick the best one, you still need to be able to critically evaluate. We culminate the fair with having a judge tell us what they like and don't like about our animals. So I think it's important for kids to know how to do that too. Taylor thinks it makes sense to try the video route 
even if it's not like the real thing. You know, if the animal has been worked with, it's been fed this whole time, which is an expensive deal already, yeah. you might as well get him and go take him out in the yard and do your best to take, at least it's close to like it would be at the fair. it's hard for people we got a lot of you know and I, and I don't blame people for being like why you know everybody just wanted to have a live fair just like everybody did all the directors did all the fair boards did and the 4-H board everybody wanted to have a live fair you know no one wants to do this watching from home you know um, you know normally we'd be at fair this week and it's, it's hard to drive past the fairgrounds I mean like we're supposed to be there you know especially after 20 years of being at the fair at some point during the week it's weird but this for this this opportunity for live judging is is the best possible virtual option. You know, I, I we entered in a couple virtual shows throughout this spring into summer um, with my sister, and it you know you just get an email that says here you go, here's where you placed. Right. You know, and this at least I get to hear, you know, what they don't like, what they do like, you know, and see how you're gonna place. You know, it it feels a little bit more like. Like you wanted to, I guess. Like yeah. The real thing. Yeah, like the yeah. real, yeah, as close as you can. There's going to be commentators that will announce the kids and make comments on the animals and, you know, oh, this is a 10 year member and this is a senior. And so it's going to, it's the best possible option. But it's hard on the kids to have to change so fast. It's hard to have to, like, try to, you're trying to explain to kids and you're trying to be like, you know, we're doing our best. And you just keep saying, like, I'm trying, I'm trying, you know. And it was hard to have to watch them feel, I think a lot of them felt like, they didn't have a place to complain and I really appreciate that about them for feeling like I don't there's I can't I don't need to say anything else they already feel bad enough you know but at the same time like they deserve the right to be like oh, what yeah. why I, this sucks I don't want to do this yeah. you know what I mean and they didn't and, and I knew they wanted to especially some of the kids I was really close with you know my officer team you know I would have met with once a week and I'm and I tried to text them throughout this and be like you know I'm miss you guys and I'll, you know I love you and I wish I could see you and you know and they're just like it's okay it's we're gonna be fine you know and you just know they want to just say what the heck this is crap you know right and so we didn't sign up for this yeah like I don't want to do this I don't want you know and and our banquet you know is still not done because the technology just struggles of trying to make it look right and I'm and I try to be I'm way too much for perfectionist so I want it to be a certain way and it's like and I just need to just get it done and you know, and I feel bad that they had to just say, you know, I just want to finish this chapter and close it and be done with it, you know. We talked to a lot of administrators and with teachers back and forth, you know, what do you want graduation to look like? Oh, let's do something now and we'll do something more later. And I think they also met with some seniors that were just like, can we just do something and just be done? Mm -hmm. Because until I get to graduate, I feel like this chapter is just open and I just want to be finished. Right. I just want to end it and let's move on. Let's see what comes next, you yeah. know. And so I did, I did hate that for them. And it's like they may be facing just as hard of challenges into the next chapter, you know? Kids coming into school next year. I mean, that's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Just coming back to the same school they've already been at, let alone if kids go off to college or go try to get a job or go to a trade school, you know, it's never gonna look the same. And everybody, I think, was hoping that, oh, summertime, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And then now summertime is not fine. And then you're like, I'm but winter, there, yeah. But winter time is gonna be the time they said it's gonna be the worst, and then it's like, what's gonna happen then? Are we losing everything in the winter time now too? You know, and so.
Everyone's still unsure what the next year is going to look like. When I talked to Taylor, 4-H was still planning to have in-person meetings in the fall, but things are changing all the time. It's going to be interesting for sure. I don't, I don't know. I wish I had the answers for a lot of kids. And what are we going to do? We're going to do this? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. But she's got some things waiting for her kids when she does see them next. We have to practice social distancing, obviously. You know, masks are encouraged, you know, proper spacing. I think we have to um, sanitize the buildings or anything we use afterwards. But I do believe we're allowed to go back to live meetings. So we are, our plan is, as far as the Beef Club is concerned, we're gonna have like an awards banquet night in August because I do still have awards for all the kids, for whoever wins whatever in the virtual show. So we thought that way we can kind of like celebrate our seniors and our 10 year members and we give a herdsman award and- um, What's the herdsman? So a herdsman is someone, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I was gonna give a description, is somebody who not only displays good general characteristics with their cattle, but as a person. So they help other members, they're a good leader, um, the quality of how much they care for their animals shines through their animals and themselves. So it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that wins, but it's someone that is constantly looking to be better, constantly increasing themselves, not only as a cattle owner or a cattle woman or man, but as an individual within the cattle industry and the beef club as a whole. So they're, like I said, they're helping younger members, they're being a good leader, they're being positive, so. Kind of, yeah. So we uh, we have one award each year. They write an essay and then they kind of are like, we talk amongst ourselves and with outside judges. And so we have that that's given each year. And so that that meeting is hopefully going to be, you know, we're going to give pizza and we're going to have basically it all come together and finally get to see everybody. So I think 4-H, as far as I know, is going to sort of get back to normal. But I don't know what, uh, I hope that we will have a live fair next year, but I don't know what that'll look like. And there are some live shows happening this summer, although folks are still adjusting to the times. And right now, they are having some open pig and lamb and goat shows. So, because I went to a couple last weekend. Um, and so they're going ahead and having those shows. You know, you sign a waiver that says, I'm not going to sue anybody right. if I came at, you know, because it's all, vol- you know, it's all optional. No one's making anybody go to these open shows. The judge does not shake hands. He either fist bumps or just doesn't do anything. I think we should keep the fist bumps. That's what I think. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, but uh, it, was, it was funny to watch kids. I went to a show on Saturday and the judge did nothing. He just sat there. And it was funny to watch kids because your reaction is when you win a class, you right. wipe your hand off and you go shake hands. And yeah. they one kid went up and his parents said, no, 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 no. And he goes, sorry. And then turned around <laughs> and walked scary. away. Yeah. And so it was like, it was kind of funny because you just watch kids be like, wait a second. No. And it has been weird. Um, I took I took a past student of mine. She wanted to buy a cow. So my husband and I drove her to go pick up a cow. And it was so strange. Like the end of the transaction, you know, normally you shake hands, you know, thank you for your time. And you're just like, have a nice day. You know what I mean? It felt so weird. Like this is not how I end a conversation. Um, but, but yeah, but they've been able to do shows. And so far I've heard no negative things about it. So hopefully we can find a way to go ahead and have things like normal, just maybe, you know, do a little extra things on cleaning and, you know, requesting masks and things like that. That's my hope. But Taylor's proud of her kids and her community. 
my faith in humanity has been so restored by watching these kids and the people involved with them just all come together to make things work. The 4-H board was having meetings like three times a week. You know, and they're not getting anything out of this. They're not winning any prizes. No one's going to stand up and say, you know, great job to everybody on there. You know, they're doing this for the kids. And the kids have been just ready to do what they need to do. And I think we should not underestimate how much everybody will come together to make things work. I think could have very easily said, it's going to be too much work. Let's just call it, a, we're just going to call it a wash and we're going to be done with it. Sorry about you. You know, and same could have happened with school. They could have said, you know what? We're just gonna call it done. You know, see you next year. Hope you learned what you need to learn. Right. And they didn't. And everybody came together and tried to make this work as best as possible. So, and I think that requires a positive mindset. I think it requires um, an innovative mindset. And I think that we should not underestimate people because they are prepared to do it if you give them the chance. This show is brought to you by Indiana University's Center for Rural Engagement, engaging communities through research, teaching, service, and partnerships. Our home is at Indiana Environmental Reporter, thanks to the Media School at Indiana University. Thanks to John Kay at Traditional Arts Indiana and the team at Purdue Extension of Monroe County. And a big thank you to Elaine Monahan who made all of this possible. And thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time.